Blog Talk Radio. Two yet or no? 
Well, we were supposed to go into phase two starting today, but I didn't get to hear our wonderful governor's um, message or whatever, report or whatever that he does every day. And, I mean, we were supposed to go into phase two today where restaurants could have two-thirds capacity compared to the one-third capacity. Yeah, no, so now I don't say, know. I, I'm going to have to. Well, well, no. well I mean, are you saying that sarcastically you know, or I, do you really like it? Well, I, I mean, he's all right. A lot of people aren't real happy with him right now because the county I live in and the county that's like really close to me, Benton County and Washington County, we've yeah. had a lot of increase in numbers because of this virus due to poultry plants and Hispanic uh, community and a lot of people are really upset at him right now. I mean, the man is trying. I mean, oh, I I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to, you know, bash the man, you know. I mean, he is trying, but a lot of people are just really unhappy right now with him. So, they don't well, think we need to be going into phase two and you know and i'm and i'm not so sure that i don't agree with those people you know i mean we're still undetermined whether or not we're even going to be able to do our convention in august and that requires a lot of planning on not only the arkansas moose association but it requires planning on my part because i am still deputy grand regent until the until the green cap ceremony in August when we induct and when we install the new incoming deputy grand region and if we don't get to have our conference then we don't get to do that and well your your whole state to, is the same right well so yeah like, I like, mean like, and that's the thing that that's the thing Hutchinson did not want to go into phase two like some states are doing it by regions, you know. Well, yeah, he didn't want Arkansas like to do that. He want Ar- he wants Arkansas to go into phase two all together. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say up where I am, uh, next uh, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, <clears throat> uh, so to two days from today. Uh, New York, upstate, Albany area, and certain counties up here go into phase three. Now, our phase three is similar to your phase two, the restaurant, limited capacity, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then our phase four, they're thinking probably you know, uh, early to mid-July. But New York City, which is where the mecca of this whole thing happening, uh, is really just phase one. So they're just starting phase one. So I was just wondering if your whole state was split up or, or if it's all the same. So No, he wants, he, he, wants, he wants Arkansas – to go into everything all together, every county in Arkansas, all together. He doesn't want it separated by regions. Well, you know, and that's if, where if a lot of people are getting upset at him. Well, if it's anything positive to come out of uh, upstate New York coming into phase two or three, do I sound a little different tonight, a little clearer? Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. We actually have the studio microphone here tonight. I'm actually able to get into oh, the wow. station for once. Instead of running this from my laptop. So, um, yeah, I'm able to do that, which means, um, you know, it's going to be a little bit clearer audio. I got the headphones on. I'm not just using my using my laptop speakers. And uh, we, can get, we can get things back to normal and get our audio quality back to where it's supposed to be. So, uh, Icon, go ahead and tell us now. Um, I, I know you did a little little preview spoiler, spoiler rather of it 
um, on on, on the, uh, the social media pages. But go ahead and tell us who we got coming on here tonight and, and why it's so important, why it's such a big show here on, on this wonderful well, June 15th. But believe it or not, we have a three guest tonight, and I know. Oh well, that, 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 that's a shocker. <laughs> so uh, our first guest uh, is Riza Pappas, uh, who will be actually calling us in about five minutes, uh, and uh, we have a wrestling organization, and uh, I can't wait to talk to these guys. They they were originally supposed to be on, but uh, they had a little issue. Uh, I believe the. Um, the um the uh guy had uh, some med- a medical emergency or something, but we're gonna have the Trash Bagger Wrestling Alliance on with us, and to close out the show uh, for a big interview, uh, we are going to have on Courtney uh, Yasmina uh, is gonna be on with us. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun show, and uh, we you know we can't wait of course you know so it'll be great. I'm excited for it, and and like I said, with uh, with Miss Courtney, I um I, I have heard of her before. I've heard that name before, and that's always a positive thing when um you get somebody who's maybe not a super national or international celebrity, but it's somebody you've still heard of or at least heard the name. Uh, that 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 goes uh goes a long way in in getting excited for the show. Um, now for for Raw guys, when do you think? With everything that's going to be opening, I want to get your predictions here and see how close we are uh, when it actually <coughs> excuse me when it actually happens. I'm going to write down the answers here. Uh, I, as you know, um, NFL is full go right now. NFL is saying, "Listen, we're we're still planning on everything being 100 percent by the second week of September. Uh, possibly limited fans in the stadium. Possibly, you know, uh, let, let, let's say a." Uh, the Viking stadium holds 60,000. They might only have 30, you know what I'm saying? Half capacity, but still have fans. When do you think that WWE is uh, going to be allowing fans to their shows again? Uh, or AEW or, or, or any longer. wrestling, really? I think it'll be a while yep. longer, you know, according to some of the, you know, according to some of the guests that we've had, you know, they're, uh, you know, I think they're all, um, you know, the, in the same boat that everybody else is. So, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't see them. Uh, I'd say, well, I would say probably uh, August at the earliest, the first week in August at the earliest, September at the latest. Okay. Now, with the current WWE format, do you think that there is, or I, I just saying, saying WWE because it's, it's a Monday Night Raw night, but AEW, you know, any of the wrestling platforms, do you feel that they might continue this no fans in the stadium type of format? Because, I mean, honestly, AEW's put on some of the best shows they've put on during this no fans format, and they've they've kind of got that intricate feel about them right now. They've kind of got that like you're watching something special, like you're watching a a, a you know a back uh, kind of like you know how you get backstage access to shows. It's kind of like you're watching something that. Only you get to watch it. Every time you turn on your TV, you're not seeing 15,000, 20,000 people enjoying the same thing. You're watching it almost almost like you have private access, and you're watching something that only you get to watch. That's sort of the, the feeling that I get watching it without the fans, and you know, it's growing on me. Uh, you know, too, too bad the WWE product sucks, but, but it's, it, it's growing on me, the, uh, the no fans in the wrestling stadiums. It really is. Well, 
Here, here's my thought on this, and I want Granny retort and uh, be watched for our guests. We'll be calling in about yeah, three I got minutes. I just got a signal. Here's the thing. Vince McMahon, they tanked, uh, they tanked uh, um, the XFL again, and he blamed, it on the, he, he blamed it on the coronavirus, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's because he can't do football, obviously. And I don't know if you guys knew this now, but one time he did try to purchase the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I did not know that. Well, that, that, that's unusual. That's kind of a kind of a far away team from Stanford. I'm I'm actually glad he didn't. But uh, you know, and uh, I don't know if you guys heard this. The other thing, but uh, you know, the mo- the three most popular candidates for a, a presidential office are right now. Do you guys know that? I don't have any idea. Republican Party, Donald Trump, Democrat Party, Joe Biden, and who do you think uh, is the most popular independent candidate, even though he won't run? You know who it is? The Rock. I'd heard that. I'd heard that, but I mean, I didn't know if that was true or not. But can you imagine The Rock as president and uh, uh, he picked Stone Cold Steve Austin as his vice president? How many countries do you think would screw with us then? Oh, my. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get political. This is not a political thing. This is a wrestling thing. When I found out he's the most popular, I thought it was pretty cool. So I don't know how you guys feel about it. Well, I, I don't. I trust stay away from the politics because I just, you know, it's just. They're going to do what they want to do, and I don't know. I just kind of – it gets very annoying sometimes. <clears throat> but I think – I think I, I think that they might consider keeping the fans out of the audience like they've been doing, you know, at WWE and AEW. And I don't look for – if they do start letting fans in, I don't look for it to be till maybe even October. Wow, that's a long time. Court, well, every every state, you know, every state is different, guys. I mean, every state has their own guidelines. Every state is so different. And, I mean, Pennsylvania, you look at Pennsylvania. I've got friends that live in Pennsylvania, and they're color-coding their counties. Like, my one friend where she lives in Pennsylvania, they're in, like, yellow, and where their moose lodge is, it was in red, and there's some counties that's in green, so they're doing it by color-coding counties, like, depending on where you live, like, what color your county is. Seconds. No, they're on with so, us right now. We do, we, we do have them on. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, so we'll, I, we'll go to the guest, and then we'll let Granny uh, finish uh, her thought on this. No, that's okay. Yeah. I'm finished. I'm finished. All right, I will. Right. Uh, I will put them on. You. Uh, you do your thing, Icon. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to step to the ropes right now, the independent wrestling extraordinaire, and I hope I pronounced this name correctly. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you Riza to Papa. <laughs> hey, this is the professional rebel Rissa Pappas, and I believe 
This is the Attitude Era Live with the icon, the big swing, and Danny Hookster. Booyah! You, up, y'all? you are correct. That is that is what the show you are on right now, and an icon. I think it's funny that you specifically said, I hope I pronounced this name right, and then uh, spelled both first and last wrong, so, or pronounced right. So, uh, I, I, <laughs> no, I, you I, know I, what? I chuckle Everybody right. does it. Everybody does it. It's weird looking. It confuses a lot of people. I'm Albanian. It throws everyone off. All right. Well, oh, just wow. so we're clear. I, I was, I was going to ask you what nationality that was. Okay, Albanian. Just, nice. just so we're clear, just so we're clear, tell us one more time how we should pronounce it, and then we'll, then we'll, then we'll continue with the interview. Rissa. Tapas. It's a, it's like I'm closer to like Riza from the Wu Tang Clan than I am well, anything that, else. No, is that the actual name or is that short for something? Oh no, that's my name. Okay, Riza cool, cool. Pappas. Okay, so here's how we'll do this. We'll have you <laughs> give us a little background about yourself, and then I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable. We'll go to Granny, then go to Big Swing, then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tough, hard hitting questions. So give us a little background, and we'll talk to you. So um, I've only been involved in independent wrestling since 2016 or so, and um, I got involved by hiring a couple of wrestlers to be in a short film that I was producing, and I made friends with them, and I made friends with their promoter, and then they were doing a show near me, and they didn't have a ring announcer, and I said, hey, why, why not take a chance on me, and luckily they did, and that's how I got my start, and I've been doing it uh, on and off as I'm able to ever since. You know, it's kind of funny. That's how I got my start on this show. So anyway, uh, and we're going to come back to the, the, the movie that you're talking about. We're going to come back to that. Uh, so my first question is, in your, you know, you're, you're basically a, um, a young pup in the business, as they say, because uh, anywhere from five years and before is a young pup, five to ten is uh, mediocre and 10 and above is uh, a veteran. So uh, we're going to launch you all the way to veteran status tonight. So my <laughs> first question is, in your short time in the business, uh, have you uh, worked for more than one organization or have you worked for several? What is your home? And um, what is your home let's see. So I've worked for, I want to say, four of them. And uh, my next show will be uh, a brand new promotion coming up, so that'll be the fifth promotion that I'll have worked for. Awesome. And um, who who has been? Where have you been at the longest? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think probably Modern Vintage Wrestling. I think they're originally from uh, the South, like North Carolina. I want to say. And then they recently kind of relocated up to the greater Philadelphia area. And um, I started out working with SWF, and then I started working for Modern Vintage. And I've been every, – every time that Modern Vintage has done a show, I've been there in some form or other. I used to be a ring announcer, and now I've moved on to commentary. And uh, do you have any championships to your credit? <laughs> no. Um Sometimes people, when I get out of the ring and I announce somebody, they sometimes they hand me the, the belt, and so I get to hold on to it. But that's the closest I've ever come to being a title holder. Well, hey, that's – well, you know, I'll tell you what. I uh, I, I had I was just close to having uh, Buff Bagwell beat me up, but that's another story. We'll talk about that in another episode. So, now, when you – so, as a ring announcer, 
you know, there's, there, you know, you're either one type of ring announcer or you're not. You're either, uh, would you consider yourself to be a baby face ring announcer, a heel ring announcer, or an in-between ring announcer? Um, I would kind of frame it a little differently. I, I consider myself to be kind of like the law and order ring announcer where I'm, I'm there to keep things on track. So if, if a heel wants to come into the ring and mess with me, that's fine. That's what they're going to do. If somebody wants to come in and be nice to me, that's, that's even better. But I'm, I'm there to be as neutral and impartial as possible because I'm just, I'm there in the best interest of the show as a whole, not invested in any one match. Oh, with that being said, the Law and Order, uh, we're going to go to Granny. She likes to uh, give the heels a tough time on the outside of the ring. Granny, what do you have for our guest, Rise of Pathets? We have, well, um, we have I, uh, yeah, 20, I, 25 minutes. Well, first of okay. all, it's, it, it, it's Riza. You, you said it wrong again, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I am Granny Holkstra. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a fan, as Icon said. But I do love giving the heels grief. So if some heel came to the ring and gave you grief, Granny might have to try to put that person in their place just to help you out, if you don't mind. Because I love, I love getting, I love the interaction. I, I you love, know what? That's I what mean, that's what you're there for, though. As a fan, that's why that's what we need you to do. You you know that that's that's your job. <laughs> You know, you're, oh, yeah. well, the fans, the fans are the extra, the extra unpaid workers on the show. We insult them. We make them actually pay to be workers on the show. But without the fans there to interact, I mean, you guys have been watching WWE before they started bringing in the the, the trainees from from NXT. It was mm-hmm. dead quiet there, and it was really weird. <laughs> I mean, oh, it, yeah. it's, well, it's been I, dead quiet for about a decade in WWE, but that that's just uh, my opinion. <clears throat> <laughs> well, I've been I've been told by uh, several promoters. I mean, I live in Arkansas, and I've been been in shows in Oklahoma and Missouri and Arkansas and Kansas and everything like that. So I've I've been I've been uh, told by very many promoters that they appreciate me always always being there to to help out. So I try to make it fun for everybody. But I guess. I guess my one of my questions is, what has been your most interesting match you've ever done as a ring announcer, and who was it? Who was it with, or who was it for? Or? Um, one of the ones that I uh, remember that always sticks in my mind was actually a, a modern vintage show when I was still doing uh, ring announcing there. And um, it was uh, Joey Lynch who had the title at the time. And um, oh, what's his name? Oh, I can't think. I can never remember this guy's name because it's like a very generic white male name. Um, but he was from Boston, Massachusetts, and he wanted everybody to know that he was from Boston and that Philly sucks, and that was his angle, and it was great. Um, but I was still announcing Joey Lynch as the champion, and this other guy just like threw a water bottle at Joey Lynch, but the majority of the water got on me instead. And I kind of had to just duck and roll down out of the ring and I was soaking wet. Joey Lynch was soaking wet. He threw his t-shirt at me. That was soaking wet. And it was just really gross. Well, you know, I would have to, uh, I would have had to come out there and use my finishing maneuver on the guy for doing that. 
I would have, I would have had to give him the junk punch him in the man business for doing something like that. Oh, I've just been told it was Eddie Edwards. That's a hard. That's a really hard name for me to remember. Unless people's names are like Dragon Face or something, it's so hard for me to keep track of them. I just so, so I have like a, my Rolodex from having to announce name. people so long. So what you're saying is the most simple name I've probably ever heard is the hardest for you to remember, but something that's unique is easy. That, that's cool. Yep. That's cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Riza Pappas is our guest here. We have, um, well, we have about uh, 21 minutes here. Uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest? Well, I know, uh, first of all, I see the area code, so uh, she's relatively local to where the – the show is based out of. I'm here in New York, uh, and I, I see you have a Jersey area code, so it's it's kind of a, I want to say neighbor, but you're kind of in the south, so you're kind of far from. Where where about in New York? Uh, I'm originally from Queens, but uh, we have I'm up near the Albany area now, so I'm I'm up I'm upstate a little bit more. Uh, but we oh, are wow. broadcasting live. Yeah, we are broadcasting live all the way through uh, the station that I work for is actually an ESPN radio station uh, during during the daytime. So I just stay here. I have my sports talk show in the morning, and then I go get lunch, and I come back here and do the show. Well, lunch and dinner, I guess. But uh, but no, I, I guess uh, the main yeah, Mondays are big for me. I have my sports show in the morning, and then I have this at night. But uh, but for for I guess my main question here would be, uh, I know you're you're uh, relatively a newcomer, like Icon said. You're uh, you've only been in the business uh, a handful of years, but uh, what? What made you want to become a wrestler? I mean, I know it's a profession that a lot of us see and watch on TV. And, and, and as a kid, I think every kid who's ever watched wrestling at some point or another has said to themselves, wow, that would be cool. I want to do that. Uh, but very, very few actually do. And that number is even smaller in the female community. Uh, just wondering you know, how you got started, if you had any inspirations, if you had any people you looked up to uh, you know, as a kid, if there was any superstars you idolized. And just kind of take us through your journey as to how you got to where you're at. Um, well, I don't uh, – I didn't really have any particular heroes that I latched onto, and I said I want to be just like that person, um, okay. especially just – especially just with like ring announcing. I don't know. There's not a lot of people that are really like, they're, I don't know the, the people that you remember they're they're kind of few and far between um, the people who are doing it really well. The, the, the paradox of it is that if you're doing it well, people don't really notice it because if you're doing it wrong, you're sticking out. And if you're sticking out, it's probably for the wrong reasons. Either you're doing it like too much. So that too much of the focus is on you or you're doing it badly in which you're distracting. So either way, it's not good. Um, so the only the only like ring announcing heroes that I have is is really Bruce Buffer. I used to watch a lot of UFC. I always thought he was really oh, wow. great. And um, so I kind of I kind of model my approach after him because I just he's just this little tiny ball of energy and he just explodes with words. And I was like, that's that's I I don't know. I always found him captivating. Um, and his, and his, well, suit, his I, I style is fantastic. Was, I always thought it was cool because being a – I was a WCW kid simply because my aunt knows Hulk Hogan personally. So when I was a kid, I was like, all right, I'm going to watch Nitro. And, you know, Raw in the early 90s before the Attitude Era was really kind of cheesy. And Nitro was like the new program that was like hot. It was, it was – it had all the controversy. It had all the big cool stage. And they had Bruce Buffer. 
and they had the, you know, he had the whole let's get ready to rumble thing that he did right before the main event. So I uh, definitely feel you there. Um, I also was a fan of Howard Finkel as well in the WWF. I don't know if uh, Finkel was, was somebody you followed, but uh, he's, I mean, God rest his soul, but he, he, he was, he was uh, that one of those iconic voices too. Yeah, I knew of him. He was kind of before my time though, but I mean, but I, I kind of had, my knowledge of wrestling when I was little, like I did not grow up with it. It wasn't something that oh, was, okay. I had any exposure to because m- the only people who were watching it when I was growing up were like little boys. And I wasn't really friends with little boys. Like it was always, there was always like a street fight going on when it was girls versus boys. So I didn't really get a lot of exposure to it when I was very young. So I didn't, mm. I didn't grow up with it. It wasn't until later um, that, I kind of started sort of dabbling in it, and then it kind of mm. just clicked when I went to an actual show. Like, watching it on TV is fine, but I and, – and if you grew up with it, then it's a part of your life, and it's, you have a connection to it in that way. But somebody mm. like me who comes at it later in life, I feel like the, the best thing for you to do would be to actually go and see a live independent show. Like, you don't have to go to a WWE taping or whatever. Like, you can go to any show – because it, it's there, like the magic of wrestling is there even at the crappiest of shows. You can go see a bunch of nobodies, and they're going to put a lot of effort into it because they want to become somebody. So you're going to get something great at basically every wrestling show you go to. That's kind of what's fantastic about it, and that's why I love it so much. And, and from a ring announcing standpoint, I mean, you mentioned how captivating Bruce Buffer was. Uh, I was in the same boat, except I, I liked the play-by-play guys more. And that's sort of what I do. Well, actually, I shouldn't say sort of. That's what I do here. I'm a radio play-by-play announcer for one of our local colleges uh, for the last six years now. And I was always captivated by Jim Ross and Jr. and and the way that he could make any anything, absolutely anything, sound interesting and and mm-hmm. sound like it was like. And they, he used to make it sound like it was the biggest deal in the world. Uh, and it doesn't matter what you were doing and how Bruce Buffer was able to do that with his let's get ready to rumble chant that he had. Uh, it could be a main event that you really didn't care about. You'd be, ah, it's, you know, it's DDP and, you know, Buff Bagwell or whatever. And when he would, when he would be in that ring and he'd have that mic and he, he, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, he'd have that whole thing and you'd start off and he had that cadence and then he would, you know, he'd be very monotone and then start off with the, let's get ready to rumble, that whole thing. And you're just like, wow, this is cool. WWE doesn't have this. So from that standpoint, well, meanwhile, you had JR who was just yelling into the microphone all the time. I, I see how, you know, something like that can make a show more exciting. And it doesn't necessarily have to be wrestling. It could be uh, a football game, a basketball game, a, you know, a baseball PA announcer, whatever, whatever you're doing sports-wise. Uh, the PA guy, or if you're not there live, the play-by-play guy, are, re- are really integral parts of, of the overall entertainment of the show. So I definitely feel you're there. I love the uh, I love play-by-play. I think that that's some of the coolest stuff. Like, that's the area where I'm deficient because I don't know the names of moves. Like, I haven't been around long enough to be able to look at something and know off hmm. the top of my head what it's called. So the people uh, who do play-by-play really well are the ones that have that encyclopedic-type knowledge about moves and what they're for and how to counter them and how intense they're to, to be hmm. perceived as, like finishers versus non-finishers mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, that's that's a lot of information to be able to keep in one's head and that's definitely not a strength for me unfortunately um i was never really a sports 
person until really, mm. really recently. And now I've grown to kind of appreciate all of it. And, you know, I take a much more active interest in it, but it wasn't something that I was ever, I, I cared about growing up. Like I was always in my room, like writing, like I was an indoor kid growing up. And so I came at wrestling, like, and, you know, like a, like a, a smart mark instead of just like a person who was just generally into it. So uh, I don't have that kind of knowledge base, but that's why when I do commentary, I tend to do color commentary because it's, it's really easy for me to try to pass on my excitement of, about a match to the audience because I'm genuinely excited to, to see mm. it. I'm genuinely pumped to be there and whatever the talent in the ring is doing, it's something that I would, I could never do some of the things that they do. And so I'm, I'm in awe of it. And it's, it's really easy for me to communicate that and to hopefully infect whoever's listening with that enthusiasm as well. Well, you know, you make a very good point because I always played, I was basketball through high school and college, but I, I dabbled in football, played a little bit of baseball here and there. But uh, for the basketball team that I currently, I don't work for my alma mater, unfortunately, but the college that I do do the play-by-play for, uh, yeah, you have to know the ins and outs of the game. I mean, you have to know exactly, like you said, why things are, not just what's happening, but why they're, they're happening. And you have to be able to think on your feet and it's quick. Uh, but I'll tell you, our, our, our play-by, or not our play-by-play, excuse me, our PA announcer uh, is, is one of the best in the conference as well. And you, he, can, he can make things just as exciting. So, yeah, I love the whole avenue of uh, media broadcasting. I mean, a, a, anything. So the fact that we get to uh, talk to somebody who dabbles in something that I, I actually do every day, at least in the same field, is, is pretty cool for me as well. Uh, I don't know. Does anybody else have questions? I feel like you. I don't want to make make a icon and Granny Hulkster fall asleep because we've been talking this whole time. Well, no, you're fine. That. Well, I tend to do that. I, I'm a, I'm a radio person at heart. I mean, I'm I'm talking eighty to ninety hours a week usually, so I tend to get a little long winded, especially when I have a show already in the morning and I'm just already in the zone. So I uh, so I can feel free to kick me off at any time and just and just butt in. I mean, that's 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 fine. Well, I'll tell you real, real quick here. We have uh, Miss Pat is our guest here. We got eleven minutes left, uh, so go ahead and then uh, uh, then I'll then I'll ask my question before it's uh, before it's too late. Well, right, I'm, go I, ahead. I, I'm 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 good, dude. I, I got I got my question out of the way, and we've kind of had some banter back and forth. So, I mean, if you have anything right now, I mean, I can add in certain things here and there. But if I get going, bro, I'm not going to stop. So, if you got a question, uh, uh, feel free to shoot it out now. Okay, well, you know, the first, well, I don't know if they were the first, but the most famous female ring announcer we had as a guest on the show, Mike McGurk, actually. So, you know, you're kind of falling in good company there. But here's one question I ask all independent wrestlers. Um, You know, let's say that there's an official from AEW or WWE in the audience when you're doing a ring announcer, and they, they, they come and talk to you at the show, and they offer you a contract to be a ring announcer for them. Two-part question. One, is that something you want to do? And B, if you do get that big-time contract, would you not big-time with some still be our friend and still talk to us? <laughs> um, well, it's very doubtful that that circumstance would ever happen because I run really super local. Like, there are uh, there are a couple of uh, ring announcers in this general area that are 
really awesome uh, guys and they hustle like nobody's business and they debut at like 200 promotions a year and they go to like 15 states and like that's really awesome um and uh you know props to them and power to them i stay local because it's not it's not cost effective for me to just to be driving all over the place and get paid like 30 dollars you know what i mean like it's not a i can't make that work and still you know, keep all the other responsibilities and hobbies and things that I have going on in my life. So the likelihood of somebody being in the audience at like a random South Jersey or Philadelphia show is pretty low. That said, um, if they ever came along, um, I mean, of course I would, I would love that. I don't think I'm most people's cup of tea, to be honest. I think I kind of have like a, a weird Philadelphia vibe, like gritty, gritty works in Philly that's that's kind of his deal. He's a weird dude. That things are very weird in Philly, and I think that it works for here. I don't know that I have like mass appeal like that. If uh if they came along, I think it would be it would be great if I could expose my weirdness to the rest of the uh wrestling world. Um but if that did happen, of course I'd still be your friend. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and uh uh we have uh, we have about 9 minutes here left. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Being a ring announcer and all the stuff going on with this COVID-19 and the coronavirus and all this stuff, how many shows have you lost or been canceled? And uh, have they, has, has your calendar been cleaned out for a while, or do you still have shows booked just waiting for them to either go or uh, not go? Oh, well, you know, it, because of the, the explosion of COVID-19 cases in New York, the majority, or not the majority, but at least half of the people who work in New York are living in Jersey. So as soon as it hit New York and started exploding, it started exploding in North Jersey, too. And it wasn't long before North Jersey filtered down to South Jersey because people were fleeing North Jersey and going down to South Jersey to try to escape it. So it hit here, too, and then it hit Philly at the same time. So we had a lot of cases really fast. Like some parts of the country, like I I just read that Arizona is just getting hit with it now, and it's exploding in Arizona now. It exploded for us three months ago. So uh, we we lost shows almost immediately. The last show that I did was March 15th, and right up until the, the second that it started airing, we weren't sure we were going to do it. So once, once that show happened, the, the plan was, well, we're going to keep doing the shows, and we're going to do it in a very controlled way, and then immediately that plan went out the window, and I haven't done another show since March 15th. Um, and that was that was even kind of pushing it. That was one of the last like live pay-per-views that was able to happen on Fight TV for a while. And um, so once that once that happened, it was it was totally clearing out my schedule. This the 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 show that I have coming up next is June 27th, and that's the first show that I'll have done in months. So I've lost like easily five to ten shows at least. So and, and that, that's five to ten yeah. paychecks, also, which is not fun. <laughs> For sure. Now, with that being said, if uh, somebody listening to the show right now or listening to it in, in an interview, they wanted to uh, get a hold of you and have you uh, be part of their promotion, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? Um. I'm on Facebook. I am searchable there. I did have to take my account private, though, because I had too many people 
saying really insensitive, rude kind of stuff. And I was getting calls at like 4 a.m. from from Ghana and stuff. So I had to kind of like clamp that down a little bit. But I am findable on Facebook. I'm on um, Instagram and I'm on Twitter all across the board at Risa Pappas, R-I-S-A-P-A-P-P-A-S. There's not a lot of people with my name, so it's pretty easy to find me. That's awesome. And uh, if uh, do you know when your next show is, or are you still in limbo? June uh, June 27th is going to be my next show. It's for a new promotion called Hostile Wrestling Takeover, and that's going to be um, in Delran, New Jersey, which is kind of near like um, Pensac and Cinnaminson, um, closer to um, the Taconi Bridge. Taconi? No, that's not right. I can't remember the name of the bridge to save my life. But um, that's uh, that's going to be an interesting show because uh, it's still we're still supposed to be wearing face masks. We're still supposed to be you know social distancing. So I don't really even know what that show is going to look like. Um, I do know that they're going to take our temperatures as soon as we come in the building, and that we're not allowed to go in and out the same doors as the rest of the of the like the audience. So we have to kind of be separated as much as possible until we actually start performing. But that's kind of all I know. So I don't uh, wrestling's back and I'm really excited about it. Um but I I'm I'm really kind of curious to see how the show is actually going to go being that we still have to observe distancing as much as possible. So it's it's as much uh an experiment as it is um a wrestling show. So even if I weren't, you know, part of the show, I would probably go as an audience member just to see how it goes because it's going to be the first one in this area for a while. You know, and it's probably a good thing that they're taking your temperature before the match instead of afterwards because it might be kind of hot in here. <laughs> I assume it will. I assume it will be pretty hot. And there's, we're opening with like a – I think we're going to begin with a, a battle royal, so it's going to get hot real quick. And uh, now, uh, you know, we do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule uh, to join us tonight. You know, you've been really awesome, and uh, we do appreciate uh, you taking time out of your schedule. So uh, hopefully uh, we can have you back on again, and uh, you would uh, be willing to do that if we haven't screwed you away too much. Uh, it'd be awesome if uh, we could have you join us again. I would love to. You guys are so you guys are so kind and so nice, and you have great questions. And I don't know if you can do it or not, but if I were to send you an address, uh, you think maybe you can send us some autographed pictures for giveaways for our big December show we got uh, coming up in a couple months? Of course, Christmas is right around the corner when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, and who knows what Christmas is going to look like. I guess that depends on a lot of factors as well. Um, yes, Uh Get in touch with me. I don't actually have eight by tens, but I've been looking for an excuse to make some. So that sounds like a great one. All right. Well, I'll send you an address. Send us what you can, and then uh, we we appreciate all you do. And then I will be in contact with you, and we would definitely love to have you back on again. Uh, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Take care, and uh, hey, be safe out there. You too. Bye, y'all. Bye. 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 All right, Miss Pappas, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what did you guys think of that one? That was pretty cool. Sure, it's cool. I was, I was a fan. I, 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 was a, I, I was a fan. I, I thought she was pretty cool. I, um, You know, we don't get to talk to, uh, like you said, a lot of female ring announcers very often. And, you know, she seemed to, uh, 
to, to have excitement and passion for what she does. So, that, yeah, it was definitely fun. Yeah, so our, our next guest should be calling here in about uh, two minutes, I would think, if they're not on already. Um, uh, they're not with us currently, so we'll see. He, he didn't know what area code he was going to be calling from, so I don't have one. So because he was he's traveling, so um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So uh, you know, we we have a lot of fun on the show, don't we? Uh, don't we, guys? Yeah, yeah it's always fun. It's always fun to talk to uh, people. I, I mean, we don't have a lot of the flexibility to to have you know quote unquote fun like some other shows just because we're usually you know three interviews usually boom 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 so uh, unless we have a super polarizing guest that we can mess with or whatever I mean usually it's strictly strictly interview we don't have a lot of those comedy segments and funny things but uh, but yeah it is fun and I love talking to people in the business from all over the country it's 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 definitely uh, rewarding to me you know and I I've I've said this, uh, you know, I've said this quite a few times, you know, uh, a lot of shows, uh, you know, there are, there are wrestling shows out there. Bischoff's got one. Bruce Pritchard's got one. JR's got one. Hold hold on guys. I got to take care of something. Hold on. Okay. The one with Bully Ray is pretty fun on, uh, on satellite radio as well. Uh, you guys can go on and check that out, but. Uh, for those of you who are watching Raw right now, you've got Nia Jax versus Asuka. Asuka, uh, as you know, became the women's champ by default uh, after she won the money in the bank and Becky Lynch had to step aside uh, due to her pregnancy situation. Um, but uh, unfortunate news from last night, and I think uh, anybody who knows me knows that I was, uh, I was quite upset to see this. Uh, Edge has a torn tricep. Um, he, uh, he's going to be out of action again for quite some time. And, uh, we have a feeling that this may be the end of, of edge. Uh, if, if the torn tricep is actually real and not a rumor, uh, and, and it's, it's something that, um, is, is going to require surgery. It is, we, we, it may be the end of edge. I mean, his age, it took a lot for him to get back anyway. So I'm just, just a little nervous about that. I hated to see that. Well, you know, I'll tell you guys. Uh, anyway, back to what I was saying. You know, Eric Bischoff's got a show. JR's got a show. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has got a show. Even Vince Russo has got a show. But the thing is, their shows are taped and then re- replayed. We don't do that. This is all live. I don't know how many times I have to reiterate that. Maybe I don't have to anymore. But the thing is, when you have live stuff going on, you – you know, anything can happen. Remember Eric Bischoff said that thing. Anything, you know, you cannot have anything happening at one time in a taped environment because, you know, you know, it's been edited. All the mistakes have been cut out. We don't, uh, we don't do that. You know, it is awesome. Well, I can I was just telling, uh, I was just telling granny, uh, when you stepped aside about, uh, the unfortunate incident that happened last night. I don't know if you saw backlash or not, uh, but you know the the whole battle back that Edge had to have uh, just to get healthy and just to get in good good enough shape to compete. Uh, now uh, rumor has it that he tore a tricep last night, uh, which would put him out of action for several months if it requires surgery. So uh, I was a little upset 
uh, watching the pay-per-view last night. I, I figured something was wrong, the way his arm was kind of dangling by the end of the match. Uh, and then, obviously, the news came out today about the tricep injury. So I was a little nervous about that. But overall, uh, while we're waiting for our next guest, overall, what did you guys feel about the pay-per-view? I mean, did you watch it? Did you get a chance to watch it? Uh, I was going to watch it on replay. Uh, but, you know, the sad thing is I, I didn't want to uh, – I didn't. I was going to watch it today before the show, so you know, so there wouldn't be any spoilers, you know, because I know you watched it. But uh, the funny thing is, uh, uh, I was getting updates on my phone uh, as things oh, were so happening. You're, so so you already knew the winners. I see. So well, yeah. So what would the point be of watching it if you already knew who won? Right. Now, I was going to ask you, you know, I know you're an Edge fan, but do you think he, he's done now? Do you think he's just old and busted? That's what I was telling Granny. I I have a, a strange feeling in the pit of my stomach that he may he may be done now just because of his age and how it took him so long to get back to this point to begin with uh, and to have a triceps injury. I just I, – I don't know if it's worth it to him at this point uh, to, to come back again into it after – what could have, I, I mean, it was a neck injury that they said if, they, if he gave one more spear, he may have ended up in a wheelchair. And, and, and now here he is, you know, over 40, um, you know, wrestling, you know, for the cleared for the first time in years and uh, tears a tricep. So unfortunately for me, I hate to say it, but unfortunately for me, I, I think he's done. I, I have hope that he'll be back, obviously, because, you know, Edge will always be my favorite. But, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely, I, I do think he's done. Uh, and I, I just found out our, our guest should be on, so uh, whenever yes, uh, you're they, ready. They are on, yes. All right. If you want to put them on, I'll go ahead and uh, introduce them, and then uh, we'll uh, go from there. Yeah, we got them. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, we have a whole wrestling organization with us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And it's out of the dumpster and into the ring, as they say. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the king of Trash Bag Wrestling Alliance. Hey, guys, it's Trash Bag Wrestling Alliance, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hustler. Uh, Hulkster. Granny Hulkster. Oh, it says, oh, well, Granny Hulkster. Well, Hustler, Hustler works pretty well, too. Um, I now I gotta ask. I think everybody is curious. I gotta ask why trash bag wrestling. What well, what's with the name? It's kind of cool. I'm just wondering where it came from. Well, way back in the day, and see, this is like I I started training and wrestling back in 2001. And the whole idea of a trash bagger basically is when you look at a person's gear, and because now now they call trash baggers something different. But back in the day, we say, man, it looks like he just pulled his gear straight out of somebody's trash bag, put it on, went to the ring. So, so, that, so that like, a, a whole, like, like a Mick Foley kind of a look. I got you. Mick Foley, or, you know, if you look like if you look like you just, like, maybe you went to Goodwill. Or if you're, uh, like, yeah. back in the day, you call, somebody was called a trash bagger if they had – Gear that just did not look like actual legit gear, you know. Tight. A raven comes pads. to mind. Yes, raven. Yes, raven. Uh, yeah. But and, and that's the thing is because back in the day, you know, everybody either had to have trunks, their boots, proper to the ring gear, masks, all mm. this other stuff. So, yep. and 
the whole thing is they've been getting crapped on all these years, and then suddenly they started misconstruing what a trash bagger was. So now they're trying to say, well, a trash bagger is just you know a garbage wrestler who doesn't have training or anything. No, that's a backyard wrestler. So mm. we started seeing some of these other people putting out these trash bagger sites. They didn't know what a trash bag wrestler was. Uh, there's there's this one that's got thousands of uh, followers on their page, and yeah, I don't even, I don't know who they are, but uh, they they what I noticed was they posted one of my matches. And they even scribbled out our logo to try to treat it like it was their own. And at first, I wow. tried to own up for it, be like, "Hey, yeah, this is me in this match." And da da da. da. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, it was down in Corden, Indiana, and we were wrestling inside of an old barn that probably one more tornado would have completely taken it down. The ring was made out of scrap lumber and steel, and we were doing a regular catch as catch can, you know, wrestling match, but. For that show, I decided to wear uh, more of like a military uniform type garb, but it was all black. And the other kid wrestled under the name Dirty 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 Scrubs McGee, so he just wore like street clothes. So they featured us on there, but then they were trying to just bash the holy shit out of us. Sorry, I didn't know if I'm allowed to cuss or not. No, you're good. You're after after 10 p.m. You're right. Okay. So – the more I'm like, you know, we're doing decent spots. We're doing good wrestling. It's just they're like, well, you're just trash, and you should never be booked. And then I got on, you know, I did a little backtracking to find out who's the guy running this and stuff. This was a guy that could not get booked outside of the school that he was wrestling on. So I'm like, okay, that's why that's where the butt hurt part comes in. Great. So... Uh, basically it was just it was a guy that was jealous because people that he thought he looked better than was getting bookings and he wasn't so he was attacking those people because they were posting other stuff on there where it was people botching moves and I'm like no that's that's a botch that's not a trash bag thing and it was just getting frustrating because I'm like wait a minute you know I've been wrestling for 20 years now and you guys don't know what a trash bagger is so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a page and put all these definitions down so that you guys understand what trash bagging is. Because like everybody's like, oh, he's such a trash bagger. And it's like, you don't even know what a trash bagger is. Don't call somebody a trash bagger if you don't know what trash bagging is. So like this is me trying to enlighten people on the actual use of trash bagging. Because when, you, when you're calling a person a trash bagger, if you're calling a wrestler a trash bagger to bash them, you go, okay, so the Hardy Boys are trash baggers. John Cena's a trash bagger. Pretty much like the Wyatt family were all trash baggers. <laughs> you know, and it's like and there's all these subgenres of trash bagging as well. So we're trying to put them in a new light and be like, look, anybody that's been in the wrestling business at one time or another has had to trash bag. Yeah, so and pretty much the entire ECW. <laughs> I mean, at yes. one point or another, yeah. At one point, the entire ECW were trash bag wrestlers because they wanted the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era was, you know, screw tights, you know, screw, screw the, the hard-chiseled body and my blonde, wet, baby-oiled hair. I'm going to come out in my flannel, my cut-off jeans, my T-shirt or whatever band I like, and just wrestle. And it was working. 
you know, that was the whole idea of the attitude error is to not really care about the cookie cutter shape that pro wrestling was trying to put everybody out to be, you know, we jumped from Hulk Hogan straight into, you know, Raven's flock and it was working because everybody was tired. They wanted something new, you know, and then when the attitude error was finally falling away, they were like, Oh, well, let's just go ahead and, uh, those trash bagging sons of bitches just get rid of them. But I'm like, there's Wait. a lot of good wrestlers that trash bag. Uh, trash bag wrestling alliance is our guest here. We got about uh, 20 minutes here. Uh, now the one thing is, uh, Big Swing kind of stole my thunder. I was gonna ha- kind of have you go into it, and then we we're kind of gonna do a roundtable. We kind of, uh, I think we kind of covered all the main stuff. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna ask one question. We'll have Grandy jump in here. Uh, and Go then uh, we'll come back to me because Big Swing already used his time. Then uh, I'll ask you the tough question. Uh, sure so, thing. Now, you know, you mentioned you have definitions on your, your site about all this. One thing that I'm kind of upset that you have not defined, you have not defined who the icon is. And I'm going to have to send you the definition so you can add that to your <laughs> website and put that on there. Okay. okay, yeah, no, I'm down for that. Uh, icon is not fresh in my brain right now, so why don't you go ahead and enlighten us on the icon? I cower over no one. Oh no no no! Well, I mean, yeah. Are you t- <laughs> the, the Roddy Piper shirt? <laughs> well, yeah, like, but yeah. Uh, well, he well, you know, there's the icon Sting, there's Roddy yeah. Piper the icon, and then there's the icon, which is me. Oh oh, so we're trying to put the okay, so so okay. But if you were to put yourself so so, you're just wanting a full subgenre category dedicated to you, right? Because yes. if you want that, we can we can work something out. All right. Because well, I that's am. What, that's, I, why, that, that's why I have you on the show. It's a trade. Oh, okay. <clears throat> oh, could oh you? I scratch your back, you shave mine. Okay. Okay. So, if you want right. to say that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's like that, like that old that one uh, CD. Did I shave my back for this? But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> trash, trash bag, trash bag wrestling lines on our show here right now. We got about eighteen minutes. Uh, we're gonna go to Granny. She's gonna ask you a few questions. I'm gonna ask you one question first, and we'll go to Granny. Then we'll come back to me. I'll ask you the tough stuff. So well. uh, now, when when you're as a wrestling promoter, are you more of the uh, Vince McMahon type where you send soldiers out and let them do it? Are you more of the uh, Paul Heyman type, the loud, boisterous, uh, no-nonsense type of guy, the Vince Russo guy that will do the smash TV, or are you the Triple H guy that uh, will screw somebody's career if they get over and you're not? Oh, I'm very Paul Heyman. You, you can you can move now. Paul E. Dangerous. <laughs> Paul, Paul E. Dangerous. I, I love that. Let me get Let me get my cell phone out. But no, it's like you got to remember. Like I, I, and I, I. By the time I was able to start getting ECW in my household, it was on its way out. It had just shipped over to TNN or Spike TV, whatever they want to call it. And it was, it was at the point where you know Heyman was grabbing all the ECW money and going to help fund, uh, you know, uh, whatever it was, Powerball or whatever it is. <laughs> So it was like they're on their way out. So I had to once I discovered it, I had to go to all my buddies' places in Michigan and Ohio and be like, "Can I get some of these tapes?" And you know, going to find like the old Fye stores and stuff and getting old video cassettes just just to catch up on like almost eight or nine years that I had missed. And 
was one of the things that I loved about it was when you watched when you watched Paul talk, even if he didn't know what he was talking about, he had so much emotion into it that everybody bought it. You know, it's like what was it? Uh, I think it was Bubba Ray Dudley that said, you know, Paul Heyman c- could convince us to walk with him into hell and keep talking to walk us back out. You know, because he even if he didn't know much about it, if he believed in himself enough to be successful about it, he could convince everybody that he was doing the right thing. Because there's is, there is wrestlers that should have definitely been in other promotions, but they stuck with him. Even missing paydays, you know, and checks bouncing and stuff. They were still, you know, blood thicker than water. They had Paul's back. So, well, you know, it's funny you yes. mention that. Because, you know, I asked the Sandman. The Sandman was here in Fargo for uh, Maui Madness, who's a good sponsor of the show, Bob put it. Uh, now, they, they let me ask the first question to the Sandman. And I asked him, I said, hey, Sandman, here's my question. Is Paul, what, for Paul Heyman, what is better, his word or the checks that he used to write? And uh, the collective groan that I experienced when I asked that question and the look that I got from Sandman, I thought he was going to gouge out my eyes with one of his cigarettes. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's, why, that's why you wear glasses. <laughs> right. I do wear glasses, as a matter of fact. Uh, we have, uh, we have re- a Trash Bag Wrestling Alliance. We have about 15 minutes. Uh, Granny Hulkster, what do you have for our guest here, Trash? Uh, by the way, we know your name is not Trash Bag Wrestling Alliance. Could you let us know what your real name is? So we can address you that way. How about we, we go by my, and this is the first time I'm actually telling anybody this. Uh, wrestle under the name Vinny Ratlock. Vinny Ratlock. So, okay. So a lot of people uh, Vin- didn't know this because they were like, oh, well, he's just another wrestler trying to glorify. I was like, no, I got a bunch of different, you know, uh, irons in the, in the, in the stove and whatnot, or however you want to say it, trash bagging and glorifying the trash baggers is one of them. And I got, five or six other things that I'm working on right now. But, no, just call me Vinny. We're cool. All right, Vinny. So with that being said, uh, Granny, what do you have for our, our guest there, Vinny, the, the man, the trash bag alliance guy? Well, I had to laugh earlier when he was saying he was kind of like a Paul Heyman type guy because, you know, I, and I'm not – just so you know, I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a big, huge fan of the sport. But – Granny hey, does not like the like heels. You. Granny does not like the heels. And I can talk some pretty good smack to the heels. <laughs> and I would love being at one of your shows to talk some smack to some of those bad guy wrestlers because that's why I laughed when you said you were like a Paul Heyman guy because hey. I don't really like Paul Heyman that much. Hey, you but know? you got to remember, I, being a heel, we love people like you because – you're oh, the people I know. that pay the tickets to come watch us get our asses kicked. I know? know, I know, and and I have been told, and I have been thanked by many promoters over the years. There was a company called Traditional Championship Wrestling that used to run in Arkansas, where I live, and they did TV tapings, and they still show the old reruns down in the Little Rock area. But uh, when uh, a gentleman by the name of Tom Parker was helping kind of director of operations type guy. He was helping the promoter, you know, with TCW. My family and I were always front row and he always had me right in the center seat facing the camera because 
they always got me involved somehow. I mean, somehow, some way, I mean, they always had me interacting with the wrestlers somehow, some way. You know, Tommy Dreamer, you know, you mentioned ECW. Tommy Dreamer wrestled the last show that they did. It was called um, Last Man Standing, and they did an eight-man tag team elimination match. And yep. I, took, I, I uh, had not had my – I was waiting to have my first knee replacement done in 2014, and this was like November 2013. So I was having to use a cane a lot of times to, to walk, you know, because my knees were so bad. And he just, I was standing up taking pictures, and he just grabbed my cane right out of my hand and started using it on Matt Riviera. And the one <laughs> promoter's like, oh, my God, he's got Granny's cane. And the other promoter's like, Granny, what do you think you're doing? This isn't fans. Bring your own match, you know. So what has been one of your most challenging matches you've ever done or you've ever been a part of? Challenging matches. Um, honestly, uh, I would say there were two of them. Uh, both of them, I had to go against. Well, one I had to go against him. The other one, I had to go against him and like a hundred others. Uh, it was for a group called Insanity Pro Wrestling out of Indianapolis, and uh, I wrestled the Necro Butcher. Now, if you guys seen the movie The Wrestler, mm-hmm. you know who Necro Butcher uh, is. Yes, Mickey Rourke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh yes, Necro Butcher. He he's one of those guys. If you if you book him for just a catch as catch can match, he'll he'll work with you and he'll actually work pretty light. Stiff match him and CZW and IWA mixed out going against Samoa Joe. So basically, he 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 murders he murders dead people. Necro Butcher. They're already dead. Oh oh yeah. No, he comes out with the cheese death shirt. Uh, he, he, he'll play like, he'll play just any kind of music comes into mind. Like when he came after me, he was, uh, another one bites the dust. Uh, but no, he will, he, he, when we did a death match, well, when you fight Necro Butcher for a death match, you fight for your life. Uh, because we were in the back just talking and, you know, he's, he's even, he was a member of Mensa. And he'll he'll just like yeah man you know we're gonna get together and stuff I, I got the staple gun maybe we can do a spot where we sit down and da 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 he just he talks to you did you say staple gun yeah he did oh god yeah I did well have you explain that in a second continue I'm sorry we're just we're just talking our spots out and stuff like that but when that bell rings he starts bobbing his head up and down starts pumping his fist and he comes out there and you realize that he's going to try to kill you. And <laughs> there is the, the match him and me had, he, we, there uh, was fans bring a weapons match. One of the ball bats was taped up. We were holding it. It was very light. And I was like, yeah, go ahead and use it on me. Me in the back with it. My legs go out from under me. He hits me again in my ribs and I go, Oh, that's not plastic. I throw my forearm up. He hits me three or four more times in my forearm. Come to find out that was a Louisville slugger that somebody put and uh, drilled the uh, center out of it. So he was beating oh me with an actual wooden ball bat. <laughs> and then oh, back there, he's like, no. he just goes, oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was just like, eh, no problem. I had two cracked ribs, three hairline fractures in my forearm, and a chipped uh, vertebrae. <laughs> and and oh, all, he could say is, all he could say is, dude, I'm sorry. Well, I'll tell no, he you said, what. Oh, man, man I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I looked at him, I was like, dude, I told you I'd take the spot. So, 
Wow. Yes, whatever, <laughs> you know. Well, I I had I had the lucky opportunity on a couple of different occasions. I have a friend over in Oklahoma that does independent wrestling shows for, and he's the promoter and he's also a wrestler for the organization. We did shows for uh, kids fighting childhood cancer. And I would take merchandise for him over to the shows. I would pick up the T-shirts in Fayetteville, Arkansas, not very far from where I live, and take them over to Oklahoma for the shows. And so I had the uh, opportunity on a couple of different occasions to be able to do um, see a training seminar that uh, Trevor Murdoch did for him on a couple of different occasions. And yeah. the first time that I got to see that – he was tell, talking to the guys, and he was telling them, you know, how to work the crowd. And he says, then you have that uh, people like that God-fearing, loving woman over there, Granny Holkster, you know. And and he says, and then you have the smart marks who think they know everything. And he kind of started pointing at me. And I said, Trevor, I said, I don't know everything. And I thought Tim Rockwell was going to fall off the ring rope laughing. He says, darling, he says, you know more than most. And, you know, and, you know, not every fan gets to see, you know, on the average, a fan would not get to see a training seminar like that, you know, with somebody like that. Yeah. And then the second time that I got to see him do a tra- seminar, you know, he was telling him, he says, go to granny, use her as your goal, make her mad, piss her off. And I'm like, oh, gee, Trevor, thanks a lot, because, you know, the guys are the bad guys already give me a lot of grief as it is. And now you're telling them to come piss me off even more. You know? See, when they know that, that's I, just I, called cheap heat. That's that's cheap oh, heat. Yes. They, they go, they go. She's the mark right there. We know if we if we piss her off, everybody's going to be like, "Don't get in Granny's face." So the first thing we do is we say, "There she is. Go flip her off, or tear her sign in half, or something." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Especially- and and I've been doing. And I, I, you know, my original Granny shirt. My original Granny shirt is. What you gonna do when Granny Holster goes crazy on you? <laughs> and you know, nice. and I've had this I've had this gimmick name for probably oh close to twenty three, twenty four years since I've been in Arkansas. I've been in Arkansas quite a while and I've and I inherited the nickname from a coworker because I love wrestling and I said, You're gonna call me what? And he says, I'm gonna call you Granny Holster and I honestly never thought the name would stick with me. But one of my wrestling buddies over in Oklahoma, he posted this on my Facebook page one day. He says, Granny, he says, it's funny when you get a better pop and you're more recognizable than most professional wrestlers. And he says, I'm giving you that that as a compliment, you know, because, I mean, I love doing what I do. And I love making it fun for the fans. I actually help with a wrestling promotion here in – Greenland, Arkansas, which is not very far from where I live, called Arkansas Championship Wrestling. And before they did, we started it in Gravit, Arkansas. And before we had our first show, they made me president of the Arkansas Championship Wrestling Fan Club. Nice. So, <laughs> like, I love doing they, what I do. So they they know they they know that they're they're working with gold, so they just want to keep shining it up, you know. So they're mm-hmm. smart people. They're smart people for keeping you keeping you that involved. We have, well, uh, I miss we have, I miss, uh, I miss my wrestling shows, but we haven't had any for so long. I've been I've been missing them. I I'm ready to go back for them. So, uh, we, well, we thank have God for YouTube. Us. 
Uh, we have Vinny with us. We got about uh, four minutes here left with Vinny. I said that uh, you could do this if our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing. Uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, uh, GoFundMe. What do you got? Oh, no GoFundMe's here. I, I don't beg for money. Uh, but uh, I will tell you this: I have a Vinny Ratlock. Uh, let's see, we got a Twitter. It's Boathand R. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. Then we got. Uh, YouTube, uh, you got to just search Vinny Ratlock, but I'm also part of a bigger group right now called The Badass Network. That's right, Vinny's The Badass. And uh, it's Z-A-B-A-D-A-S Network. So you just go YouTube.com slash that. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, I got a show that I'm running right now called uh, All Terrain Warrior Pro. It's No Ring. No regrets. So it's it's pro wrestlers, but no ring is involved. And we're getting ready to do our first show in Franklin, Indiana on August 1st at a dojo. We're calling it Panic at the Dojo. And we're going to be getting that taping for DVD, streaming on YouTube and Facebook Watch. And as well as uh, just other stuff, we're going to be doing scenes where we're going to be wrestling, like, say, poolside. Or we're going to go fight in an actual graveyard, not some Hollywood done-up one that WrestleMania did. So I I I'm, I always like making stuff and doing the crazier things. I'm a part of uh, my own as well as there's a one on YouTube called Wrestle With This. I'm a part of that uh, promotion. I'm also a part of Asylum Wrestling Revolution uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana, mostly around the Indianapolis area. And we're just we're finally getting back to it. We're getting crazy. And it's a wonderful thing. Come join the madness. Let's have some fun. And uh, if the icon were to show up to one of your shows, you think maybe you can get him a backstage pass? And maybe, uh, maybe uh, I was kind of auditioning when you uh, came on. Maybe I can be like a guest ring announcer or something. Guest ring announcer? Maybe you, you meet will just stand toe to toe and we'll promo each other. Well, there you, cut you a promo go. On me, I'll cut a promo on you. If you do good enough, you might get a hot dog and a handshake. Well, that's that's usually what I work for. Uh, usually working <laughs> for peanuts, like I do with this show. But anyway, uh, I, uh, uh, hey I think you. I, I, I they sent, might I they might bump you, it up to mix nuts soon. So <laughs> I, I I sent you I sent you the uh, address. Uh, I, I I saw that you sent me thumbs up. Uh, if you can uh, send us uh, some uh, autographs from some of the wrestlers on your roster, we'd appreciate it for our big uh, December giveaway show. We'd appreciate whatever you can do for us. We appreciate it, and uh, we would love to have you back on again. And uh, maybe you can bring some of your wrestlers w- uh, with you next time. That will be the goal, definitely. Uh, like I said, I, August is when we're shooting the show. I will get as many people as we can possible, and we'll plan a date, definitely. What 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 day did you say your show was in August? August first. August first. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I will uh, try and get. I will try and get you on again before your show, so you can promote it. Uh, sure thing. I'll try, I'll, I'll try and get an opening the twenty uh, seventh of July. Uh, so, or the 20th of July to uh, get you uh, get you back on to promote it, then bring uh, like maybe your main event guys or something with you. Oh yeah, we got we got some crazy matches going up ahead. I'm going to be in a match where it's the uh, carrot top weapon match where it's a uh, funny takes on hardcore weapons, and as well as we're going to be having a fatal four way match in our main event. Uh, we're still looking for one or two sponsors. Uh, if there want anybody, if anybody's listening to this, you're looking to get your name out there and stuff. 
We've gotten five sponsors for this show. We're looking for two, maybe three more, and it, we're going to do it up. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be great. Everybody's going to love it. Awesome, and we will definitely promote the hell out of you too. And uh, if you uh, if you want us to promote your show, go ahead and post all the information on our uh, Facebook page under Off the Ropes, and you're free to use that uh, to get people to your shows. We love to promote you. Definitely love promoting you guys. Hey, it's all about networking now. Awesome, thanks, buddy. We'll have you on again, definitely. You have a good one, brother. All right, thank you. you Take care. Thank you. All right. That was awesome, guys. I I, I love yeah, I love those kind of interviews. But uh, my favorite is when um, uh, people call. Uh, uh, we have a promoter on the show, or we have somebody from a certain organization call in, and then like one of their enemies calls in, and we have no idea that was going to happen. Like uh, when uh, the guy's ex girlfriend called in, if you guys remember that. Well, granted, you weren't with us yet, but uh, Big Swing, you remember that, right? Uh, I do, yes. And that was awesome. It's like we're like, what, what the what the hell is this? And then it's like, hey man, this is gold. So we'll just let it go. That's what happens when uh, when you kick your girlfriend in the head, and then you uh, then you're on a the most uh, over podcast in the history of wrestling podcasts, like our show is. That's what happens. You know, you know, you never know what is going to happen on this show. You never know who's going to call in. You never know who uh, the icon is going to piss off, uh, like uh, some some asshole from the from Harlem Heat or whatever. But anyway, that's another story. So yeah, so you never know what is going to happen on this show. Anything can happen at any time, uh, including uh, Icon's favorite. Uh, we ha- we've only had him once or twice, but including Icon's favorite, the toilet flush guy. Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I'll tell you what. I think I know, you know, since uh, uh, the uh, couldn't study, a, couldn't pass the piss test guy, and I got on the outs, uh, we haven't had the toilet flush guy. And I think he was setting that up, to be honest with you. That's why we haven't had him. That's why. That, that's probably true. But, hey, Icon, speaking of uh... – Speaking of, of of guests and 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 speaking to people, we do have our third guest on here with us. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. If you put them on, I will go ahead and uh, introduce them. Yes, they are on with us now. So go ahead, do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, the greatest female music sensation in the world. Today, on our show right now, about to step through the ropes, I give you the most harmonetic female singer in history. She is Courtney Jasmine. <laughs> Hi, guys. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Hey. Hi. Uh, this is Courtney Yasmine, and you are listening to the Attitude Era Live. With the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. How are you? How are you, Courtney? Good to have you. I apologize for mispronouncing your name. That's kind of a thing that happens on the show all the time, so I do apologize for that. But uh, uh, hopefully, you can forgive me. I thought you. I thought you did a pretty good job. People. People do a lot worse versions of it than that. And uh, we all know that. Uh, uh, 
current singers nowadays like Shania Twain and Jewel and uh, uh, Pink and uh, all those are all jealous of you because they have not been asked to be on the show, but you are. They're all crying. The blue eyes are crying in the rain tonight. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) Awesome. So here's how we'll do this. Uh, we have uh, we have about 45 minutes here with you, and if we have to go a little over, we'll do that. I know that Big Swing's got other stuff to do, but uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens here. Uh, so if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then uh, I'll ask you some questions, and we'll have Granny, then we'll have Big Swing, then I'll ask you the, the hard-hitting questions. Okay, okay. Uh, what you want to just hear about, like, my... Like, I don't know what you want to hear, my life story or my career trajectory well, well, or what you want to hear well, about. Well tell, well, tell us how you, what you, what got your start, and then we'll, then we'll fill in the blanks from there. Oh, okay. I, I got my start um, when I was three years old. I learned Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Are Made for Walking. And my big brother started calling all of our relatives on the telephone and say, okay, hit it. And then I would, I would sing these boots are made for walking in its entirety at three. And that's how I got my start. And for our younger guests, for our younger guests listening who don't know what a telephone is, that's a phone that's hooked to the wall permanently in a house. (laughs) They don't right. have that nowadays. That's right. And uh, and I'm sure that uh, our younger listeners don't know that you probably used to put uh, put your music on a cassette tape. That's music that used to be put on a little tape <laughs> that uh, you know that you it was either 60 minutes or 90 minutes. They didn't have MP3s back then. They didn't have that's CDs right. back then. So no. for our younger listeners, that's what that stuff is. Anyway, no, as didn't. we continue. <laughs> okay. As we continue. So, yeah. So you started when you were three years old. Now, did you enter any uh, local talent contests, or uh, did you get on Star Search, <clears throat> or uh, did you try out for the Mass Singer, or anything like that? America's Got uh, Talent. Well, when I when I was a very small child, of course, they didn't. There weren't any real. I mean, there were like talent things you could do, I guess, all over all over the country. But what I did was uh, my family didn't like to go to church, and they didn't go to church hardly ever. But one, when I was six years old, they went on Christmas Eve, and uh, they, they, we saw the little kids' choir come out. And the little kids' choir just blew my mind. And I started pulling on everyone's sleeves and saying, how did those kids get to do that? And uh, after that, my family had to go to church a lot because I joined the choir and I, I was always, I was hell bent on getting all the solos. I was, I was really competitive and driven to, to sing the solos. And I would tell my family that they had to come when it was my, when I had a solo, they had to come to church. Now, was it one of those deals that, did you have, like, one of those parents that, like, hey, now, my daughter has got talent. 
She is the most talented girl on my block. Now, I want you to listen to this, and no. I want you to – oh, you didn't have parents like that? No, my my parents – no, my parents thought that it was embarrassing that I wanted – I wanted a guitar right after that, and I, I wanted to learn folk songs, and uh, they thought that was embarrassing, and my my mother said I was a show-off. And and my dad smoked cigars, and my dad would insist on leaving his his cigar in his mouth at the church, and invariably some usher would come over and say, "Sir, you can't have the cigar." And my dad would say, "It's not lit." <laughs> That's funny. So your dad never smoked in the church because if he did, I guess that would give new meaning to the word "take a pew." <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay, Kitty. That, that yeah. I, I, I just had to throw that out there. So uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of do a little round table here. Uh, we'll let the, everybody ask you a few questions, and we're going to ask. I'm, I'm going to come back and ask you the hard hitting questions. But uh, I want to introduce you to Granny Hulkster. Uh Granny, what do you have for our guest? Uh, we have Courtney here, and we have exactly. 38 minutes. Well, hello, and I am very impressed that you started singing at such a young age. I mean, that's, you know, these boots are made for walking. That's, you know, <laughs> that's not an easy song to do. And, yeah, I, so I'm very impressed with the fact that you could do it, do that type of song at such a young age. Do you hey. have any kind of uh, particular music that you favor over or that you like to sing more than others? I mean, what's your most favorite type of music you like to perform when you're singing? Well, I write my own songs, and my I've made eight albums of recordings of my own music that I've written. And Wow. And the songs that I write are in the style of, folk rock rock and folk mixed together sort of I would say and uh, oh, wow. I, ran away, I ran away from home when I was 17 and I left Chicago and I went to northern Minnesota because that's where Bob Dylan was from and I I had an idea about um, I had an idea of being a songwriter and so uh, Bob Dylan has sort of been my north star as uh, an inspiration for for my songwriting. Wow, that's awesome! That is amazing. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but Bob Bob Dylan actually got his start as a as a band member of Bobby V's from North Dakota. I, I do know that. I do know that. And I think I is is that man? He's still alive, right? Bob, no, Bobby V passed away from uh, Alzheimer's. It's about Four or five years ago now, we had his son on Robbie V about oh, three months ago. I've met his son. That's who I've met is his son. That's right. Yep. Great yeah. people. Yeah. I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to uh, cut you off, Granny. What else you got? Go ahead. No, I, um, I, I've just enjoyed, been enjoying listening to her share her her stories and, you know, her love for music. So I'm, I'm good. So. Thank All right. you. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. Then. 
well, then this will be a real shock. Now, we're going to have Big Swing ask you a few questions. He's, he's a hard rock guy. He's the Big Swing guy. So, uh, <clears throat> not swing music. Says, says, what do you got for our guest there, Big Swing? Go ahead. Well, says who, Icon? I'm actually, I actually listen to a little bit of everything, uh, except for, like, opera and all that. But, you know, a little bit of hip-hop here and there, some pop, rock, you know, all that. But uh, I have actually run karaoke in bars before, and uh, Boots Made for Walking is a song that a lot of people attempt uh, but not very many people pull off, uh, at least to a non-ear-screeching level. But um, now, when you when you decided that you wanted to to sing, and that was going to be your main career, uh, what did did you have anybody, uh, possibly anybody else that you looked up to? Did you have any idols or or, or, or anybody that that really you were like, wow, you know, this person has made a difference in my life musically, uh, that maybe you model yourself after or you want you grew up aspiring to be like? <clears throat> I had a couple of different ideas. Like I said, I liked Bob Dylan and I, I had gone to northern Minnesota and I knew that I knew that he was just a guy from from, you know, a sort of nowhere town and that he had he had a vision for himself that certainly nobody else in his family had a vision like that. And nobody else in his high school had a vision like that. So it, I always, I always, um, I always took note of the stories that were like that of other singers. Uh, Nancy Griffith is a, a great songwriter, folk style singer from West Texas. And I knew that she had toured in Europe um, and had had European airplay for her music. And uh, that's kind of what happened to me, is that my first albums were picked up by European um, DJs be, before people in America picked, picked them up. And, and that's sort of what happened to Nancy Griffith. So she was another person who I admired greatly for her songwriting and also for the kind of career she had a little girl from West Texas, you know, touring all over um, Ireland and England and all over North, North Europe, which is what I have done in these past 10 years, uh, especially I've done a lot of European touring. So those two people and um, maybe always Linda Ronstadt. She didn't write any songs, but Linda Ronstadt's way, way of thinking her idea about herself again, uh, inspired me all, all my life. Her her idea about herself is it's like clear when you when you have heard her sing in the past. Awesome. And when you, uh, I, I guess from a singing standpoint, I mean, I'm not really, you know, musically affiliated at all in terms of like, I can't sing if there's any glass within a hundred yards, uh, cause it will break. But, um, what, what is your favorite thing about doing a show, being able to, to perform in front of people? Is, is it just the fact that, that singing is you good and you enjoy it and it's something you're passionate about, or do you really enjoy uh, uh, getting getting the the reactions from the fans as well is that like a rush for you? I think I think that initially I just love I love the thing and I love the 
almost like a spiritual feeling about the song and the, the melody and my own ability to capture it. Like if you can sing a song that you love and you can do a really good performance of it, it's like catching a butterfly. It's a very elusive thing to like really get the song right. And um, I think that's a very interesting pursuit. Like, even if you're really good at a song, like, you can be off one night and then it's not that good. And it's it's sort of an, it's sort of a, it's like something that becomes like, like a athletic pursuit. Like, like, you get obsessed with getting it right. And, like, you get obsessed with, like, knocking it out of the park. So that has actually very little to do with the audience. Um, it's more like, you know, trying to be in the Olympics or something. And and then oh, wow. the other part of the other part of it is that I love I love people and I love I love helping people have like breakthrough moments about their own emotions. And as a singer you can do that for people. You can help somebody have a breakthrough about some some important feeling. Wow. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> that no, that, I, I, I like it. That 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 is awesome. We have uh we have uh we have Courtney uh Yasmania. Uh I, I think I may be still pronouncing mispronouncing that, but I, uh, I let me just tell you that I say yes, me, like the emphasis is on me and then the last part is nay like a horse says nay. So I say yes, me, nay. That's- yes, me, nay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So now here's uh now you mentioned that you have uh you've put out eight albums. Okay. I yeah. I myself have only put out one comedy album that actually went aluminum. But anyway, um <laughs> the the question I have for you is um uh could you tell us because I, I know you know the answer to this. Can you tell us the names of your eight albums is the first question. I'm going to follow up with another question. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not sure. I, I think I can do it. So the first one was called Early Days, um, and the second one was called Flirting with Salvation, and the third one was called Sufi Lines. And the fourth one was Beautiful Lonely. Fifth one is Wake Me Up Over. The sixth one is Red Letter Day. The seventh one, well, there's also one called Red Letter Day Unplugged. It was like acoustic versions, but that I sort of don't count that one um, because the songs are the same songs. They're just, they're recorded in a different style, though, so I don't know. Um, then whatever number I'm on, eight is uh, The High Priestess and the Renegade came out in 2018. And then this past fall in 2019, I put out my newest record called From the Open Road. Now, my next question is, uh, now, are these... Uh... Uh, if someone wanted to get uh, any of these albums, are they still available somewhere? Are they out of print or Amazon or eBay or where can they find them? You can you can get them. 
everywhere. Uh, you can go to on my own website. It's just CourtneyYasmine.com. And from CourtneyYasmine.com, you can find them on Spotify. Uh, you can find them on Bandcamp. You can find them on CD Baby. Um, you can write to me personally, and I can autograph them and send them to you. They're they're all available. You can come to my show. You can buy them at my shows too. All right. Well, that that uh, that comes to my next question. Uh, we have a big uh, December giveaway show uh, coming up, and we're we're wondering if you might be willing to. Uh, Send us a couple autographed copies that we can uh, give away to our fans for our December show. Yeah, of course. Okay, I'll send you that autograph. Now, the other question is, uh, they, there is a documentary being done about me, and we need some great music for that documentary. And uh, we already have uh, a couple artists that have allowed us to use a couple of their songs, and we're looking for a couple more. Would you be willing to let us use some of your songs in my documentary? I don't know. I, I think that's the kind of thing that you have to have, like, your people talk to my people. Well, yeah, I, I will do that. I will, I will set that up. But I was just wondering if you'd be open to that, if that would if that'd be an honor, if that would be like, why would I want to put my music in your documentary type deal is the question. <laughs> no, I, I always have – it's always a wonderful thing for me to get to, my, to share my music and to have new people listen to it who maybe haven't heard it before. So the answer would always be, yes, let's discuss this. Okay, and the other thing is, I'd let you come to the premiere, and maybe you can perform one of your songs in front of a live audience. We'd throw a couple bucks your way, too. And when I, when I say a couple bucks, that's why I need a couple bucks. <laughs> well, uh, you know, like I said, all, all of these things are negotiable. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, of, of all the songs that you've done, if I know, I know it's hard to pick out. Uh, I know it's hard to pick out uh, a favorite, but what would you say of your songs is your top three favorite songs? Let us know. Well, there's a song of mine that's called Tangled Web that uh, had a, a lot of airplay in 2018 and I I know for a fact that that was my the song or the recording of mine that's had the most airplay so I guess I would say that one I'm very grateful to that song and to that recording because it's helped me help forward my career and um, this is how I support myself is is through my my music and my performances so it's um these recordings are my life's work, and they they mean everything to me, you know. So it's it, it's uh, I don't take that shit lightly, you know. Um, so there's a song called Web, and uh, there's a song called Heartbreak Woman that has a a really terrific um, music video that we filmed in Paris, France, uh, with my full band, and I love that one, Heartbreak Woman, and. I guess lastly, I would say that there's a a song called Apparition that people really like a lot that you also can find on you can find all of these on YouTube. Uh, uh, you, you, you were you were breaking up there. What's it called? 
Oh, the last one's called Apparition. And all of these are, you can see all of these in, in uh, live performances and in music videos on YouTube. Tangled Web, you know, Heartbreak, and Apparition. You know, the interesting thing is uh, we haven't uh, we haven't found a title for my uh, documentary yet. Uh, one of the ideas thrown out there is uh, Career with Shadows, which fits me perfectly. But with the name of your one song, Tangled Web, that would fit <laughs> me perfectly as well. Because my <laughs> life has been a tangled web. Okay. And your song okay. would be perfect for the theme. Okay. Well, I think you have to listen to it and be be sure. All right. Well, I will. I will definitely check it out. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's make sure I get this uh, correct here. Uh, our guest here, uh, we have about uh, twenty minutes left here uh, with uh, Courtney Yasmine. Yasmine. Even if you got to say it slowly. I I have what you call short-term memory loss, and it's uh, it, it is it is what it is. Uh, and I, we'll talk about that in another show too. This is your time. So now, I'm going to ask you a few hard-hitting questions. Now, if you if you don't want to answer them, all you got to do is say, "And what is the next question?" And we can move on. So my first question is, you know, with all this uh, coronavirus, COVID nineteen, all this stuff, uh, how many different shows have you had uh, postponed or canceled? That's question one. And the second question is. Uh, have you blanked out your calendar all the way to a certain point, or are you still keeping the dates on and then letting them get postponed as the time goes on? Uh, so the first question is um, the last I, – I usually do bigger concerts now, and before I used to play like in smaller like rock clubs um, around the country and in, in other countries – and now we still play rock clubs. Sometimes we even play coffee houses. But a lot of the time we play like a concert. And the idea is that the concert will be sold out, right? That's the goal is that the concert will sell out. Um, and so I had quite a few concert dates um, set up. And the last one I actually played was the first week of March. And after that, they started getting canceled. And uh, I have a tour in August in Europe. I had a tour on the East Coast in July. The the tour on the East Coast in July has has been canceled. Not by me. I, I didn't cancel anything because I actually got sick uh, with the virus, I think. They're, they weren't testing people in early March. And um, But I have asthma, and I, I'm pretty darn sure I had it for about three weeks and so I, I wasn't going to cancel anything because I'm well now and I don't I don't personally I don't feel afraid so I was willing to go and sing I'm I'm grateful to be alive and I I want to sing um, but people are canceling and now the Europe stuff the the uh, venues in Europe just started canceling just about like honestly like today like June 15th they're starting to cancel my uh, engagements for August, so that that's how it's going. And uh, now, with with that being said, have you uh, 
has there been any like uh like uh ideas for a song about the, the virus that you that you're trying to compose or would want to compose about them? I I have I have one brand new song that's already floating around on the internet uh because I did a live benefit performance um in my in my home and um people like that song. So I I have a I have a song and it's called Hope 2020, but some people are calling it Just Between Us 2 because that's one of the lines in the song. So I'm kind of I'm starting to kind of go there. That's awesome. Now, uh so um when is uh when is uh, your next show that you have uh, on the books? Well, I'm really, really, really happy that I got this idea about, um, I got so sick of doing those um, Zoom kind of performances or YouTube live performances from my bedroom or from my living room. I, I My fans have been really great about those, and uh, people have given me a lot of nice donations to help me stay afloat financially people have been awesome about those but there's nothing really all that cool about performing that way it's not that much fun and you don't actually sound that great and you don't actually look that great i mean it's it's just not that cool so i'm very excited that for the month of june can you hear me yeah go ahead yes for the month of june uh i'm playing every saturday night on my front porch and uh, to monetize that I've been uh, offering properly distanced on the lawn and people can make a donation of whatever amount they, they can just give till it hurts, you know, what, whatever amount that is for them. And uh, it's sold out so far the first two weeks it's sold out and it's almost sold out for this coming Saturday already so I'm really I'm just delighted that I get to play I saw I have a show this Saturday night then and uh we'll uh we'll go ahead and uh, do this uh so we can so we have time for it uh because we you know we got uh more questions to ask you but uh <laughs> if uh our fans wanted to check that out and see you uh where uh, do you have a Facebook? You got Instagram. You got a YouTube. You got a Twitter. You got a Twitch. You got a GoFundMe. What do you got? I got all, everything. I have everything that you just had, and it's all just Courtney Yasmine. C O U R T N E Y Y A S M I N E H. Just look up Courtney Yasmine everywhere, and you'll find it. You can just Google Courtney Yasmine, and there's tons of stuff. And uh, if you know, if uh, you know, you mentioned you have a lot of stuff on YouTube. What is uh, one thing that uh, you're most proud of that you'd want fans to check out that are listening to this show that you have on YouTube that you'd want them to gravitate towards first? Oh, well, that's a nice question. Um, I guess, I guess, just go to the Courtney Yasmine channel and you can subscribe. I think for free. Um, and then you can see a bazillion 
a bazillion Courtney Asmine things. More Courtney Asmine than you ever thought was possible or than you could ever possibly digest. <laughs> so I think that's what you should do. Is you should find the Courtney Asmine channel and subscribe and knock yourselves out. Knock yourselves out with that. And uh, also, you know, uh, you know how uh, in concerts, you know, they have like uh, a, the segment in the show where uh, the the lead singer, uh, the main talent, will uh, introduce the band. Can you tell us about your band members, their names, and what they play, and uh, how many you got? Okay, sure. Um, it's been an extended group of maybe like eight guys who have been able to go on tour at different times, I usually have brought uh, either – I've, I've gone out as a duo, I've gone out as a trio, I've gone out as a four-piece rock band. And I would say that right now the, the, kingpin, the kingpin guy is a brilliant music producer from Minneapolis, Minnesota, named Rob Genetic. And it's G-E-N-A-D-E-K, Rob Genetic. And uh, Rob is brilliant, and he's produced many of my records, and he plays the drums in my band, and he sings harmony. Uh, so Rob is the most important guy. The other guy who is the second most important guy is a man named John James who is a songwriter himself, but he plays bass for me, and he sings harmony as well. But he sings a lot of the, or he plays a lot of the lead guitar parts on my recording. So that guy, John James, is awesome. And then lately, there's been a guy named Chad Mitchak, I-T-A-G, and Chad has been, um, He's been the bass player sometimes, and then John James will be the lead guitarist. Uh, I would say that those guys are the main main guys right now, and, you know, it's always the goal to bring them along on tour because if I, if, I if I can scrounge up a good enough show to bring a full band, that's, that's the most fun. And uh, when, you, uh, when you tour... Uh, do you have like one of them uh, big extravagant tour buses, um, <laughs> or, or well, do you have like uh, do you have like uh, like a um, I don't know like a big show stopping theater that you carry along with you? Well, you know, obviously the kind of songwriter that I've and the amount of acclaim that I've so far been able to muster up uh, has has picked me with a limited budget, but I don't intend for that to be, I don't intend to die that way. I, I intend to succeed or at least die trying. Uh, so right now we, sometimes we all have to fly and then we rent a van or like, obviously when we go to Europe, that's what we do. Or sometimes I will even just go, solo and I, I'll usually rent a car uh, so that I don't have to put too many miles on my Jeep. I do whatever I have to do, you know. I, the, show, the show must go on. 
Now, uh, how many um, how many different uh, uh, tour dates you have in uh, in Europe planned? Uh, there right now there are like twenty twenty two dates in um, like twenty twenty four days. You know, I mean, it's, we work really hard. We we travel every day and we play in a different city every night. So it's you know it's at least twenty days. And uh, uh, now, will you, uh, we, uh, when you go over there, you know, with the 20 dates, uh, do you plan on uh, uh, trying to pick up uh, uh, other shows when you're over there after the 20 initial dates, or is it just going to be the 20 dates, and then they have to come out and see you, then uh, that's it. If they miss you, they miss you. Yeah, I mean, if, when I go solo... Uh, on tour, and in, in, usually in in America, if I go if I go on tour solo, a lot of times people do invite me to stay over an extra day and play another thing or be involved in some other kind of thing. And I'm flexible, but when I bring the band, uh, those guys all have other other commitments, and they all need to get back and keep making money. And uh, I have to really stay on a tight schedule, and so I don't I don't get to add other stuff or hang out. I don't get to hang out extra nights in Europe, which I love to do. No, nobody loves to do that more than I do. Uh, the guys always have to get back. So now, are you? Uh, uh, you obviously have the. Uh, the uh, can you tell us? Uh, what uh, what cities you're looking forward to uh, to going to? Well, I have. It's, I like I like to say that uh, I go where the people love my music, and I go where people have an interest in hearing my music, and that's not necessarily where I would go on vacation. You know, I mean, if I was just going to go on vacation, I think I would go to. I don't. I don't know. I'd go somewhere warmer than the places where the people like my music. But the the people who like my music are in. They tend to be in more northern places like Ireland and uh, the UK and Germany and the Netherlands and uh, those kinds of places. So, with that said, I love to play in Brussels. I love to play in London. I love to play in Dublin. I love to play in many cities in Germany, smaller cities like Bremen, Germany. I have some great friends and fans there, uh, but also like Berlin, Amsterdam. I love to play in Amsterdam. Those are some of my favorites. And uh, so uh, with uh, with that, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, you said twenty shows in twenty days. Uh, that's got to be that's got to be kind of a grind, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's totally a grind, uh, but it's 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 well worth it because at at this point, I have, I I'm you know I have like a small but very passionate fan base, and I only get to see some of those people maybe once a year. And you know we we really love we love the show. I mean we all love the show because it's a special night for all of us. Every each night, getting together with these people and getting to play 
the songs for them. And I usually bring a new album each year over these last few years. I've been able to bring a new album each year. And so they're getting to hear new songs, but we, I like to sing a lot of old songs and uh, it's really special. Uh, we have uh, we have the one and only Courtney here with us, and we got uh, well we got about five minutes here. Uh, he didn't even with, try uh, it. That was, that, was, that was probably smart. Well, uh, well, you know I don't like to offend, so I um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it I'll, I'll get it right hopefully soon. But uh, now, our, when you uh, uh, the tour starts, when, when do you head over there, and then when do you come back? Well, like I said, you know, don't make it sound too hopeful because we we really we think that I'll, I'll tell you what the 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 biggest issue right now is that Germany and I, I think maybe this is true for all European countries and I think it's true coming back the other way through America that if you go to one of those countries right right now they insist on you quarantining yourself when you arrive in their country for two weeks before you can move about the country. And obviously, I guess, I hope it seems obvious then that I can't pay my guys to sit and wait for two weeks to be sure that we don't, you know, have any disease. So we, so well, if, yeah. they, if they don't lift that rule, we can't go. There's no possible way. And it's it's not anybody's fault because I'm pretty sure it's the same thing coming into America right now. It is, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you can't. Um, yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't go. I mean, you can go, but if you come back, yeah, they they uh, they they sit you in quarantine like an air airport or something for two weeks while uh, yeah. while you're waiting. So right. So, yeah. I can, so if that doesn't change, I'm not going anywhere because that—that's you know—that's a deal breaker. For, I mean, that's just—it's impossible. So then, we, uh, if you if you can't do that, will you try and reschedule it and then do some shows here, or uh, are you just yeah. going to keep doing the shows in your your uh, front lawn then? Right, I'll just keep doing shows on my front lawn. You know, it, it is. I'm in Minneapolis, so at some point it'll snow again, right? But for a while, I can keep Could be like next on the front lawn. What? But it's Minneapolis. It could snow next week. I know exactly. So you know that's that's not the most foolproof plan. There, I do have some fans in America who are getting braver, and I guess time will tell whether they'll be, you know, they'll regret getting braver, but there are people who are starting to set up some house concerts for me where I'll be going solo to their home. And for right now we'll be, I'll be performing out on their front lawn or back lawn or patio or dock on their lake property. I'm going to be doing some of those starting as soon as July. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, we, we do got to wrap this up, and I uh, I would like to have you on again, and I was going to talk to you about maybe coming and uh, uh, performing at my wedding next September because we're looking for uh, 
uh, concert to go with uh, Big Swing's DJ uh, stuff. But I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about that offline. But I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, and uh, we would like to have you on again, and I would like to talk to you more about that. Uh, so uh, we uh, are uh, grateful for you. And uh, if you can send us whatever you can send us for autographs, we'd appreciate, we'd appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm grateful, too. Thank you so much. Thank Not you, Courtney. Have a great night. Be safe out there. Thank, right, thank you. you. All right. All right, All right guys. That that's awesome. going to wrap it up this week. That was pretty awesome, though. I, I'm with that. And uh, three great guests of three different types. And you can check it out right on our Blog Talk Radio slash Attitude Era Live site, uh, as well as uh, replay copies up on the Facebook of Off the Ropes. The number one show on the Internet for anything and everything entertainment purposes is now over again. We'll see you guys next week. Stay happy, healthy, and corona-free. Dead man walking. You got it now.